The First Republic Bank tanked nearly 50% yesterday after revealing faster-than-expected deposit outflows in the first quarter of this year and on news that followed the earnings regarding the bank's intention to sell long-dated assets to shore up its balance sheet. Now, happily, though, PacWest, which is another U.S. regional bank, said that its deposits steadied in March and Microsoft and Google announced better-than-expected results in the after-hours trading. But all that doesn't answer whether the U.S. politicians will finally agree to lift the debt ceiling in the U.S. So we have a lot to talk about today. So welcome. This is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. Yesterday was a bit hectic, as expected, after the First Republic Bank gapped more than 20% lower at the U.S. Open after announcing the day before, after the bell, that the deposit outflows in the first quarter following the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse in March were actually higher than expected. In fact, some 40% of the deposits left the First Republic Bank in the last quarter. Then came a Bloomberg report saying that the First Republic Bank was actually considering to sell 100 billion US dollar worth of long-dated assets to shore up its balance sheet, probably at loss, as it has been the case with the Silicon Valley Bank, given that the long-dated assets have lost big since the Federal Reserve started raising the interest rates last year. So, that Bloomberg news actually triggered an additional uh, chunk of sell-off in the First Republic Bank, which closed the session down by almost 50% yesterday and the drama, the First Republic Bank drama revived bank stress yet again. Even before the US Open, the European bank stocks were actually dragging the European equity indices lower. Remember, UBS lost more than 2% at yesterday's trading session and that, despite the encouraging deposit inflows following the Credit Suisse debacle to the UBS and despite telling investors that it's will likely report a gain of around 57 billion US dollars in the current quarter's profit thanks to the Credit Suisse deal. Now, Invesco's European Bank's ETF also slipped by 3.40%, the S&P 500 lost almost 1.60%, and Nasdaq slid nearly 1.90% yesterday, and that even though the US yields fell across the board. So the US two-year yield fell to 3.90% as the worries about the First Republic Bank weighed on the Federal Reserve's rate hike expectations and pulled the expectation of a 25 basis point hike at next week's FOMC meeting to around 77%. So this probability was near 90% before the First Republic Bank announced its latest quarterly results. Now, happily though, happily, PacWest, which is another regional bank in the US that has got hammered by the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse last month, said after the bell yesterday that its deposits stabilized in the month of March. So PacWest, which shed nearly 9% during the regular trading session, jumped almost 
almost 14% in the extended trading in the US and happily and again happily Microsoft and Google both announced better than expected results in the first quarter of this year after the bell as well so Microsoft shares jumped eight and a half percent in the after hours trading after the company revealed a resilient demand for its Azure cloud business which is where the company invests the most because this is probably where the future growth engine of the company is and while well, Google on the other hand gained something like 1.70% in the after hours trading as its own cloud business announced its first ever profit. So that profit actually came just at the right time when investors were wondering whether Google is actually strong enough to withstand the growing competition especially I'm thinking of its research engine with Microsoft's AI back being surge this year. Now, as a result of the news, actually, the Microsoft, Google and PecWest news, the US futures are in the positive at the time I'm talking here this morning. But that does not mean that the stress over the banks will suddenly go away. So gains could actually quickly evaporate if the worries around the banks continue. Now, the banks and the deposit outflows and these mismanaged duration in the bank's portfolios, unfortunately, which is basically causing most of the trouble in the U.S. regional banks these days, are not the only headaches in the U.S., unfortunately. Another big and major headache is also that debt ceiling, which was, remember, reached earlier this year in the U.S., and which actually did force the U.S. government to use extraordinary measures and to use up its cash reserves also to stay afloat and continue functioning. Now, the problem is that the tax receipts in April came in lower than anticipated, which is bad news. So that's actually leading to a rapidly shrinking finances for the U.S. government, which in return is now expected to run out of money earlier than previously thought if, of course, that debt ceiling of the U.S. isn't lifted. And, well, a critical vote is set for this Wednesday, so we are going to see what happens. Now, the U.S. debt ceiling was normally expected to be reached by late summer this year, and there is now that cheddar, that growing cheddar, that it could be reached as soon as early June. Early June, guys, so that's in about a month's time, and it could be a bit short for the U.S. politicians, actually, to agree on a bill to raise that debt ceiling in just a month because the Republicans are now happily ready to raise the U.S. debt ceiling, but they ask in return severe spending cuts as a concession. And that's obviously a thing that Joe Biden obviously doesn't want to do or doesn't want to make walking into the election year. So you understand why we saw some unusual volatility in the otherwise quite boring short end of the U.S. yield curve, especially in the U.S. one-month papers, which are now the most or the only ones, the only papers to come to maturity before the debt ceiling is uh, potentially reached in the U.S. So the U.S. one-month yield tanked to the lowest levels since October, although we saw some rebound by more than 14% yesterday as a result of high volatility, while the U.S. three-month yields continued rising even after the Silicon Valley bank collapsed last month because in three months' time from now, well, we could 
actually be at the middle, at the heart of a potentially reached debt ceiling in the US, which would then obviously increase the chances of a default of the repayment from the US government. So yeah, that's really bad. That's a black swan event, but it could happen. Now, the gap between the US 1 and the US 3 month yields has never, never been this stretch. But if there is an agreement on the US debt ceiling, on the fact that they should raise it, well, the short end of the US yield curve would rapidly normalize. But if not, we will likely continue to see some more volatility especially in the short end papers now this renewed worries around the U.S. regional banks and the debt ceiling in the U.S. are obviously among the factors that should somehow prevent the U.S. dollar from significantly reversing the recent losses. Now, on the economic data front, the economic data released yesterday in the U.S. was again, well, pretty much mixed, really. New home sales jumped in the month of March, but the U.S. Consumer Confidence Index deteriorated and the Richmond Manufacturing Index showed a faster than expected contraction in the month of April. Else, else the latest API data from the US stocks, oil stocks, show that the US crude inventories actually fell by more than 6 million barrels last week. But the falling inventories in the US could hardly reverse the sell off that we saw in crude oil at yesterday's trading session. Crude oil futures actually tipped a toe below the 100 day moving average yesterday as a result of an overall risk sell-off across the financial markets, which were mainly due to the bank worries and the possible bad consequences of the bank's stress for the economic growth, hence for the global oil demand. Now, if the stress level around the banks continue to increase, well, it could be hard for the oil bulls to defend that 50 to 100-day moving average support. Today, investors will be watching the durable goods orders from the US, the face Facebook's Meta and Boeing latest quarterly earnings. And of course, they will be watching out to see if the First Republic Bank stress will or could extend beyond the First Republic Bank. Now, I think that there is a chance that the letter stress will remain contained to First Republic Bank. But if not, we could actually see the US yields and the US equities further slide and low risk assets like the Swiss franc and gold, for example, amass further safe haven flows. So this is all for today. I'm and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.